Work from home mode episode one. I'm Jackson Murphy. Oh, you can't see me. And this is my partner in crime, Sandy Fleischer. Sandy, new podcast. What up? Super excited. Inaugural edition. A podcast <laughs> built for you. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know, as soon as Scott said we're recording, what popped up on my screen was internet connection unstable. And <laughs> whereas my my typical reaction would have been to rage. I think in a lot of ways, what's really cool now is there is a, there's a collective understanding that you're going to have that baby on your lap or the dog barking or shitty internet. And uh, there, there's, there's some liberation in that. I'm, I'm still working on that mental shift, but, uh, but I, I know we're all in the same boat. I'm really impressed that like the work from home mode has given you some Zen that did not exist four weeks ago, Sandy. Yeah, there's a silver lining in everything, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're grasping at straws for silver linings. But what, what we wanted to do with this is, is maybe document kind of the journey of shifting our entire agency to working from home and how that impacts everything and that a lot of companies are doing it. And we thought we'd share our trials and tribulations along the way. And maybe like the first part is not to like me grill you on questions, Sandy, but um, when, did, when, do you th- <laughs> when do you think uh, in the past, like when did you think we first started talking about coronavirus or COVID-19 as an agency, like partner leadership group? You know, when I, when I, when I think back to that and, and what's fascinating and the whole other topic is just how quickly things started moving and what a fluid environment it is. So I, you know, I know March 11th, that was a Wednesday was when we made that decision to work from home. Uh, So to, you know, address that question specifically, it was a few days before that, you know, and and it started relatively trivially. We We knew it would impact business to some degree. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it was the should we or shouldn't we go to South by Southwest? That was that was the big topic. And and uh, but you know, as we got closer and closer to uh, March 11th, where it was really things were changing by the hour. And you know, I remember, you know, you had you know you got an earlier start to your day being on the uh, East Coast. But when I woke up and you had you had slacked to our partner group there that Google had shut its offices uh, across North America. That was, you know, a pretty big one, big one for me when I think, you know, and then you had rightly so said, we've been talking for a couple of days about what work at home from home could mean. But I think that was when you said, let's start getting that policy into place and start thinking about if and when we do have to pull pull the trigger, what that could look like. And that's when I think things got really real. And yeah. Yeah. I, I think that time period from like that last week of February to like that March 11th, 12th, 13th, the totally. different, the difference between, cause I think I looked back last night in preparation for this and like on Feb 29th, um, I think it was Tara that like uh, said, 
what what's going to happen if we have to cancel South by Southwest? Because things were, I think the Mobile World Congress had just flipped the switch on it and people were like, oh, what does this mean? And then there was still that week of people like, no, I'm still going, we're adding speakers. And then <laughs> it it changed pretty quickly. Um, to, that was kind of the, the end of the week before we started working from home, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that, that that's so crazy. And then it it sort of picked up steam like that Tuesday, Wednesday into the Wednesday evening where like everything that that kind of dominoes of like NBA and like um totally Tom, Tom Hanks getting it and I forget what the third domino was, but those three things were just like, no, we we need to have the the staff not be going in and out of the offices every day. It seems like a bad idea. Totally. I mean, you know, what we had done prior to that that Wednesday was, you know, we had the hand sanitizers out. We told people not to share from the chip bag and no more business travel, that type of thing. And I know there were, you know, just by the benefit of being on uh, the, the being part of Soda and hearing all other agency leads. And, you know, it's, it's fascinating that, you know, kind of it's like popcorn with everyone popping at a different time, but that was also driven by geography, right? And, you know, everyone's uh, uh, has to start making their decisions based on the experience in their region. But, but I think, yeah, it was, we, we really started accelerating things by that Tuesday, that Wednesday. I mean, yeah, in addition to the NBA and Tom Hanks, it was first rumors that one of our clients had someone who had it. Uh, and then that was confirmed in the media. And I, and I think that's when by, you know, evening time Wednesday, we're like, let's, let's pull the trigger on this. Let's take tomorrow, the Thursday, the 12th to tell everyone that we will be shifting to work from home, prep your stuff, and let's start on Friday the 13th. And then, you know, that launched into a whole bunch of other, what should our client comms be? Uh, what are we telling contractors, et cetera, et cetera. The amount of things. Yeah, I forgot I forgot about that The on the 11th, having the last in-person client meeting with a client where we did a presentation and their offices mm-hmm. was like wide open only to be the next day, like way longer after us, maybe by the Friday, they were like for the follow-up meeting we were supposed to have with them on the Friday after the presentation. As we left, it was like, oh yeah, we'll see you guys Friday. And then it was to like, we're doing video conferencing on Friday, 40, 40 hours. It's like that Wednesday when we made that call, I, I was a hundred percent certain that that was the right call to make. But there was maybe, I don't know, just a little doubt that it was being rightly overprotective of things. But by the Tuesday or Wednesday of next week, it was, you know, obviously validated as I'd say that's when the majority of agencies started uh, started shutting the following week. So whatever, it's not not looking for kudos for being ahead of the <laughs> curve. I just think I just think it was really interesting how something went from being oh we're doing this and that makes sense but hopefully it's just protective measures to okay there's no doubt we needed to have done that yeah or that like it was going to be a two-week situation and we'd be like back in the office by the like end of the month yeah exactly (laughs) recording this on april 1st we are not back (laughs) in the office and uh it seems to be it'll be quite a bit longer so yeah i think that it'll it'll 
having just passed our 10th anniversary where we didn't document much of anything on the journey of that first uh, couple weeks of pounding grain, having Slack and hopefully us actually thinking about it, we'll have a, a bit of a record of, of um, what we've done, which is interesting. Not that anyone but us will care. <laughs> exactly. One for the history books. One for the read history by, books. Read, read by no one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the pounding grain history books. What, uh, Sandy, and I don't mean to say this because um, I'm, I'm not saying this because you're old, so don't take it the wrong way. <laughs> but because we're not that far apart in age, but you've been around the block for a while. Um, have you ever experienced anything like this? Because you, you kind of experienced the, the dot-com boom and the, you were leading a giant agency during the 2008 kind of pre-Olympic kind of economic meltdown. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I'd say yes and no. I mean, I've managed through crises is that the right is that the plural of crisis is I'll, <laughs> I'll call it a yes i'll call that a correct I've, yeah i've managed through crises before and led through crises before both in term typically i'm thinking from a financial perspective where either there's not nearly enough money or there's hyper growth and how do we hold on i guess that's more of a product delivery challenge and i'd say and in, in those cases when i think back on them I'll go into this hyper-focus mode and prioritize. And I'd say that's a similar feeling. And something we're doing as leadership is it's it becomes really simple to think about what are the key things we need to decide on and everything else falls to background. But I think what's different, you know, just yesterday uh, after work, uh, went, went with Shannon, my partner, for a walk, and I just had that prevalent sense of, sense of, you know, the gears of the world from a social, economic, from every perspective have ground to almost a complete halt. And, you know, that is completely unique uh, to, to me and I would imagine pretty much to everyone. And that's, you know, that's, that's that overwhelming, I don't think awe-inspiring is the right term, but it's, it's, it's daunting. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, and then the sort of two weeks or so of like meetings with clients and some being great, some being like not great. Like it's a lot for everyone at all sort of, um, sort of aspects of our business to the economy and beyond all the way down to our staff. It's, it's a lot to take in all at one time. It is. It is. And, you know, the, the grasping for silver linings, as you said earlier, I think one thing that I'm seeing and, you know, whether it's with our team or our contractors or our clients is it's been really great through all of this challenge uh, to be talking to each other first as humans, second as you know, being, being involved from a business capacity. And again, <laughs> that's at best a silver lining, but you know, we're humans and we need to, we need to seek whatever comfort we can in this. And, and I think that for me has been something that's, that's been, you know, really help uh, uh, keep me going 
daily. I mean, that, that sounds pretty dramatic, but it's, it's important now. And I get that sense from other people as well. Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, two or three weeks ago, there was still, you know, even on our teams or with clients, hesitance to do video calls um, or mm-hmm. inability to do video calls, depending on lots of people like, oh, I, I don't want to be on camera or yada, yada to like today where it's like, it's a no brainer to be on camera because it does feel like some attachment. I know like for us, we kind of quickly in that in that first uh, couple of days we switched to like all, you know, rather than thinking of things as our Vancouver and Toronto office, we started to think of things as like one virtual group and doing a series of daily zooms with the whole team. The early one on the East coast time was very not attended by the people on the West coast and the (laughs) late one on Eastern time, which is like end of day Vancouver time sometimes has a few, um, Torontonian team members on it, but even that makes it feel kind of like one kind of group all kind of in it together. And w- there's been some really um, fun stuff, um, you know, meeting all, everyone's pets and um, the first week of people being embarrassed of their kids being in the background, doing s- hilarious things too. It's just part of the, part of the gig now. It's been even fascinating to see, um, all, all like, you know, I'm looking at you and you've got your, uh, Michael Scott, uh, in the background, the office backdrop. And I'm just thinking about all the companies that are taking advantage of the various opportunities. Now to me, not, not exactly a billion dollar business idea, but it's just, there's aspects of culture that are, that are going to, that are going to adopt to, I, I can't call it the new normal because it's kind of like the only constant, you know, the only constant is change itself kind of thing where, you know, things are ratcheting up and changing on a daily basis. But it's, but it's interesting to see how there are for brief moments, some new normals that are, that are creative. Yeah. I think for me, the hardest part and the hardest, but also a most, um, I want to say hilarious. I don't know if it's hilarious. Maybe just to me is that um, last March I slipped and fell and tore my quad and was at home working from home for most, mostly the for three months I'll made a few appearances after four or five weeks in the office, but I had a splint on my leg for three months <laughs> And I'm in the same chair I was last March. It's a lot easier this time being able to walk on both legs. That's for sure. <laughs> um, but what what is interesting is just I, I feel like the pace of things, the little things of remembering to like cook and make lunch that you would have done, you would have packed a lunch or like ordered something super easily from the office. Um, and now like, you're like, oh yeah, must do that because otherwise you'll just be in like back to back to back kind of meetings and then kind of forget about it because the kitchen's like just right around the corner and you, (laughs) it's amazing how much that can weigh on, uh, humans of just like not remembering to do the little things just because you're in a different environment than the office where you naturally want to get away from your desk. I've started to look at my data from my Apple watch in terms of steps taken, you know, not part of the, let's call it the purposeful exercising, which sadly there's not very much of, but more, you know, throughout the day, how many steps am I taking? And 
I've gone to pretty much zero, you know, basically, and I'm sure everyone's got their routine, but it's like, I'll be sitting at the uh, kitchen table with Shannon, both working away, unless one of us has a call, which we know we'll be doing a lot of talking in, then one of us moves to the bedroom. Um, and yeah, so that's, those are, those are my steps. <laughs> so, and it's, uh, everyone's world's uh, just gotten that much smaller in that regard. Yeah. And uh, how do you, you, like you used to get your steps in because you would pace on phone calls. Now, <laughs> exactly. Now you're stationary in front of a video conference. <laughs> you can pace back and forth. It must be very trying for you. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I, I have some zoom fatigue. I'm not going to lie. I, I think based on whether it was your knee injury or, you know, when you first moved out to Toronto and most of your meetings were probably still with us in the Vancouver office, you probably uh, became a lot more used to it. Well, you know, that let's, let's gloss over those first two or three years of the really crappy uh, 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 comms systems that we had in place. But, uh, but yeah, zoom, zoom fatigue, man, total first world problem. Yeah, it could be worse. We could be on Google Hangouts, and that would be a disaster. <laughs> Sorry, Google. Exactly. <laughs> Google's going to like delist this from the internet because I have bad mouthing their video conferencing. Um, <clears throat> one other thing, uh, Sandy, in that f- next morning, maybe that Friday morning after we like work from home, is you had a genius idea to send a plant to each of the pounding grainers how did what how, where did that come from because it yeah it just seems I, like so off brand from from you no <laughs> it it totally was to the point where i almost thought someone gave me the idea because that's just not something i would come up with but no it was it was all me, so I, I'll reluctantly take credit for it. I guess, it you know, I, I, I <laughs> thanks. I just, I, I just, you know, obviously wanted to think of how can, uh, how can we find a way to give people some comfort? And you know, I think while everyone was still incredibly stressed about what was happening, there was still a bit of a probably let's call it nervous energy giddiness to the fact that we were all moving to work from home. But, but I think it was not intentionally, but it was well timed to come two or three days later because that's when the delivery shops could, could swing it. And I, I think it was timed right at a place where people were really starting for it to dawn and, you know, sink in that we're measuring this in months, not in weeks. And, you know, just any, any little thing we could do would, uh, to improve people's work environments would be a good thing. I, I knew I was onto something good when both of the uh, both the Vancouver and the Toronto based uh, plant stores were both like uh, effusive about what an awesome idea it was. So I, I thought that was nice. And, you know, yeah. Clearly, they like the idea of selling plants, but still. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. You even think of like a business like that, like uh, not not to bring bring us back full circle but yeah like the things that we were talking about with clients beforehand like it's a whole new marketing challenges for like a plant store where people would walk in like the the e-commerce ability of just picking and choosing random plants off the internet seems like not the top user experience where you want to go and see it that it's still alive (laughs) to maybe shifting towards like 
B2B type stuff for companies like us. Like, you know, you, you uh, I'll be interested to see how many of these plants make it through. Yes. <laughs> Our producer, Scott, <laughs> is lurking in the background and he's shaking his head. So I presume that his is not going to make it through. So that's awkward. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think in Vancouver, we went with jades, which are pretty easy to keep alive. We should have sent like rosemary or cacti. I'm using, I'm picking a lot of words that have odd plurals during this conversation. I like it. Cacti, I like cact, cacti and crises. <laughs> Uh, so I was going to say we're in kind of phase, phase one. Um, what, what do you think the one thing that you've learned from this sort of first phase of this, uh, situation in terms of what have you learned about our team? What have you learned about our business? What have you learned about, uh, marketing? Great questions. I've learned, um, what everyone's kitchen or laundry room or bedroom looks like <laughs> so on a very practical level i i think you know i i maybe was somewhat amazed at the ease of which we were able to from a logistics and operational standpoint transition to work from home there were you know no one's on dial up uh, no, you know, everyone's there. There's no uh, VPN issues. We're able to to work as we needed to. I think where maybe it wasn't like I underestimated, but hadn't thought critically about, you know, the the the, the cultural changes that would come about. Um, and you know, I think we did some smart things really quickly, like fostered a sense of community by having those group uh, Zoom chats up to three times a day for people who are uh, working very long hours or just looking for people to chat to. So I, I think we did some good things to really uh, address what those cultural challenges would be. But I, I guess right now it's unknown, unknown, unknown unknowns for me. It's really hard to think about what that cultural toll will be for us over the next month, six weeks, two months, and what are the problems that are going to present themselves there? It's hard, excuse me, hard to really fathom. You know, and I, I, I don't know if I've really pointedly answered your question in terms of what's changed. I think for a lot of our clients, it's still, everyone's still trying to figure this out. And it's, it still feels uh, that there's, there's that standstill of trying to understand what this means to people. And, you know, for some of our clients, it's like, well, for all of our clients, you know, I, I, I really, when I look back, what I also think that something we did and did well was we instantly started thinking about all of our clients. And I think it was, we, we totally removed it. This wasn't about billable hours or it was like, what can we do to help them now? And, you know, for some clients, there's more we can do than for others. But it was, I think, great to get into some of those conversations with our with our clients certainly for each of them to varying degrees their first phase was a lot more challenging to go from working from an office to working from home versus an agency of our size which is a little nimbler like i think that was probably the biggest it takes a you know a bigger corporation a long time to sort of like work out those kinks um on a daily basis than it does for, you know, 30 or 40 people. 
Totally. That's been the thing. I think like, I, I guess maybe the, the first lesson, not to like flash forward to like when we're back out in the world again, um, which will be nice. Yeah. Uh, is is yeah just how much at work can be done at home i think that'll be the like so interesting to see how much companies embrace that and run with it um as mm-hmm. a new as a new normal um in terms of overhead costs and how they have offices might, might be completely different even though like some of our clients are already kind of like moving down those pathways a lot already um in terms of flexibility and stuff like that but certainly creative agencies like ourselves um constantly always wanted to have people in a room together to brainstorm and solve problems together and i think we figured out that you can do it virtually you just have to work at it yeah yeah it's really interesting to think about what that new world will look like coming out on the other side of this yeah or like how many things you know little things that we've we've been dealing with in terms of mail and banking and stuff that you know were holdouts to a bygone era already Mm -hmm. are transitioning rapidly to you don't need to come in to do that or whatever and maybe not as fast as we'd like but certainly at a pace that they won't go back to an old world afterward yeah for sure i don't think there'll be as many bank branches as there were 12 months from now that maybe there were today yeah yeah exactly this will accelerate a lot of maybe inevitable change aside from zoom fatigue i think the other thing that i am suffering from is as soon as there's any hint that the internet is going to go down i go into a mild panic because there is such reliance on that for everything way more than there's ever been not to mention that will be compounded by uh anyone with kids uh, will instantly have their kids saying, is the internet down for you too? It's just like this mass pandemonium within each place. So that's, had, that's a fun one. I've had two, I've had two morning ones in the, since the 13th where the internet's gone down for about four or five minutes. And I've had, yeah, that uncontrollable like heart palpitations of like, <laughs> what, what am I going to do? And then, then being like comforted by the fact that I could probably stream all day because I'm not on the same provider with my phone. Um, I could blue, I could, uh, hot, hot spot it, but still the, the prospect of that seems daunting. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I've definitely thought about a generator and an, and a backup satellite internet service. <laughs> just, I just don't want any, uh, you know, to be able to move away from terrestrial choke points. I like, I like, it could be a value. Yeah, I like where your head's at. I also have like really increased my my level of. Uh, I have watched more CBC news uh, on television in the background um, than I have in my entire life in existence. So, I never would have thought that I'd be watching CBC News World for news updates all day long, but here we are. Well, you know, I, I, I thought that the Trump news cycle was the fastest a news cycle could be. Uh, little did I know there was a whole other gear with the, with the Corona. And of course the two aren't necessarily separate, but you know, that, that, I don't know, just another thought. And, you know, maybe this is a topic uh, in and of itself for a, a, a future episode, but I just find, you know, with, with, Within this environment, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to go down a Trump hole, but there's the 
opportunity for like, let's call it Cuomo versus Trump. And there's a platform for so many people and brands right now. And there's opportunities to really, you know, whether it's get on the world stage, cement a legacy or, or tank things completely. I think, you know, during times like this, it's just interesting to see how all that evolves. And 